What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UJ Podcast. I'm Tyler, and here with me on the other end of the line is my co-host, Curtis. Uh, and uh, obviously, you guys know what we're going to talk about today. We are recapping um, the National Championship game. I don't really want to talk about it. One of the most painful experiences of my life. Still not over it. Probably will never get over it. I think I will, but we will get into that here in just a few minutes. Uh, so I do want to apologize to everyone for um, waiting a couple days before we had the show up. Uh, I tweeted about this, but if you didn't get a chance to see it, uh, I got a, I had a, I've had a case of bronchitis over the past couple days, and my voice sound like claws on uh, or nails on a chalkboard. So I didn't want to subject anyone to that. Uh, I was sick going into the national championship game. I had to stand out outside in the freezing cold rain for almost two and a half hours, trying to get in that game. Got in line at five thirty, got in at seven forty-seven. Uh, just absolutely absurd. I know Trump was there, but it was more than just that. It was, and going, going back to the SEC Championship game, it was almost 45 minutes into that game. Just a, a cl- epic failure of organization on the part of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I know the Trump deal was part of it, but it was just a disaster. Uh, I can't believe they only have four gates to get into that stadium. It's absurd, but whatever. So here we are. I think I know my voice doesn't sound normal still, but I think it's close enough and hopefully not too grating on your ears. But that's where we've been the past couple of days. Didn't want, get, didn't want you guys to think we were trying to just ignore everyone out there, ignore the game. But uh, before we get into uh, recapping the game here, just a couple quick reminders. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Glory underscore UGA. Uh, you can find us on a bunch of different podcasting platforms out there. DogSportsRadio.com is where we got started. You can also download the Dog Sports Radio app to your smartphone. And you can also check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, the Stitcher, and TuneIn apps also work as well. So hopefully one of those will work for you guys, and it'd be awesome. Uh, we always appreciate you guys just listening to the show. We really do. Uh, but if you get a chance, if you haven't already, we really appreciate the people that already have done this. But if you get a chance, it'd be awesome if you could rate and review the show on your preferred platform. That definitely definitely help us as we continue the process of trying to grow the show and bring you guys more and even uh, improve content over the next couple of months of the off season. So with that out of the way, Kurt, I guess let's go ahead and get into this, man. I, this is going to hurt. I've been, I obviously haven't been able to stop thinking about it. I've just been in this epic state of depression for the past couple of days. Um, it sucks, man. So I don't, I, I really didn't even make an agenda for this show because I didn't want to think about it. Uh, obviously I have been thinking about it, but I just didn't want to, I was just too unmotivated to even go there. So I don't even really know where to start with this. I guess let's just start with a, a very simple, but I guess important question here. I get Kurt. How did we lose this game? You know, I, I remember looking at the, I remember looking at the clock, and it was eleven minutes and thirty nine seconds. We stopped at eleven thirty nine. I remember saying to myself, "We're up ten, so we got eleven and eleven minutes, thirty nine seconds until glory." And uh, it didn't work out that way. So, Kurt, how did how did it happen, man? Why did we lose this game? Um, to me, it really came down to three plays that. We're just the, the difference in the game that that more or less lost us the game. Yeah. Um, and those three to me, the very first one was the uh, pick by Fromm bounces off the kid's helmet. Um, yeah. That right there just killed us. You know, we make a huge play, get the pick, had the ball we, on the Bama thirty-nine yard line, and we, we we could have gone up potentially three scores right there, game over. Yeah, and that play just changed it all, gave them life. And then right after that, on their very next drive, um, we have two of or a third down loss yep. that would have yep. put it in fourth down, and they I don't know what they would have done, but and we have three guys miss tackles. That right there gave them life. They score a touchdown. Well, they would have punted right. from there. They would have punted from there. We're still up two scores. Exactly, and I mean, and that 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 just gave them more life, gave them more confidence. And then the third was the uh, blown call by the refs on the block punt. Unbelievable. I don't, I don't know if you guys. I didn't. I I I, I tweeted to somebody. Kind of to show it, but if you guys didn't see it, I mean, I'm sure a lot of you have seen it by now. But 
there's a, a still shot of the ball being snapped and uh, we're not even close to being offsides. Simmons is not even close. It's not even close. It, it's not even and a close call. If anyone call. moved, it was their guy. Yeah, I mean, and that that takes. I mean, I, we probably wouldn't return it for a touchdown, but that takes points off the board. Let's just be real. That takes I mean, points off the board. Goal. That takes points off the board. Uh, yeah. And what, one thing that pisses me off um, about this whole situation is anytime a Georgia fan mentions the referees in this game, all he wants is, oh, that's sour grapes. Just stop whining. It's like, no, no, okay? That the, the, the officiating in this game absolutely played a critical role in the outcome of this game. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. Behind a shadow of a doubt. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now, now there are plays that we could have made that we did not make, even in spite of the referees, that, that we still could have won the game. So we still had opportunities. I get that. But to sit there and try to say with a straight face that Georgia fans are just sour grapes, no, no, all right? You ha- you have to acknowledge, if you understand football, you have to acknowledge the referees 1,000% played a critical role in the outcome of that game. Now, I'll give Alabama credit. They made plays on the stretch when we didn't, okay? They did. But the fact remains, they would not have been in that situation to win the game if it was not for horrendous officiating. Bottom line, right? They make it. They impacted the game. They didn't decide it, but they impacted it. Yeah, I mean, they absolutely 100% did. Now, ultimately, players make plays, and Bama made more plays on the stretch than we did. Kudos to them. They won the football game, and congratulations to them. I hope they enjoy the win. It sucks, but it is it, what happened. And there are bad calls in every game. But when you are in a game of this magnitude, the 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 pinnacle of this of the college football season, the national championship game, and you have, and they're always going to be blown calls, but you have calls that are that obvious. The face mask on Miko Hardman, that would have pushed, that would that would have been a first down, right? Yeah. That set up their first score of the second half. That, and I even turned to my wife when they, when they missed the, I mean, the, no, it wasn't on Miko. It was on, uh, uh, it was on DeAndre Swift. Yeah, it was on DeAndre Swift. I mean, and there were two referees staring right at it. And I'm honestly thinking like, what, what are you looking at? How can you possibly not see that? And I turned to my wife after that missed call. I said, if Bama scores off, if they score on this ensuing drive and they miss that call, it would have given us a first down. That changes the entire complexion of the game because now they have all the momentum. They're only down one score. We got to we got to stop coming out in the first half or coming out first in the second half. They got their backup quarterback in there. Now you can do some things. Sure, that that, that hurts cannot. But still, the fact remains you got a quarterback that hasn't been in that situation. Uh, we, we're, we're still up two scores. We're driving. Who knows? Maybe we would have scored on that play because that would, or on that drive. They would have given us 15 more yards on that penalty. But they don't call it. They get a score on the next drive. It's a one-possession game now, uh, and, and and they've got all the momentum. Now, now Fromm did respond with a huge touchdown pass, but, I mean, that was a huge play. You've got, of course, the, the block punt with the off. I mean, just just patently obvious, not even close. So you, you can say sour grapes all you want, but you have to admit that I, I honestly believe Alabama does not win that game without those calls. I truly believe that. And maybe I'm wrong, but I truly believe that. Now, they did make plays on the stretch, but whatever. Um, for me, it, it really comes down to this. Now, the officiating clearly, I think, played a role in this, but I, I I think we lost this game in the trenches, particularly our offensive line versus their defensive line. We simply got manhandled up front. It, it, it's it's simple as that. We got whipped, particularly on the interior of the offensive line. And I'm talking center and both guards. Ben Cleveland got destroyed. Did you notice that? Yeah, and one thing I want to say he, he had a rough game, but at the same time, what killed him was the lack of Gilliard. Oh, he um, was terrible, too. I mean, final terrible. Did, Gilbert, or Gilliard was not helping him at all. Um, in any his situation, was a lot of the time they were they were going off Gilliard, and then they blow up the guards because 
that he wouldn't get a hand on them or anything, and then therefore they were able to push both of them, and the other guy could stunt around. And they were stunning a lot, but that's what they do. I mean, we had, well, no, no, I agree. I, I think <coughs> the, the main cause of it was just Gilliard. He, I mean, if you watch it more than anyone, he was one getting beat. I mean, he couldn't even. He got beat a guy. ton. He got beat a ton. There's no doubt he got beat a ton. I mean, multiple times. I mean, um, and that's the thing. Like you said, Cleveland did get beat. And here's the thing: most people. I mean, this is a guy. We knew he was going to struggle at times. I mean, he's still raw at that position. Um, they got they under. Had, they got lower. Basically, it was a leverage thing. They got under his pads, and they just yeah. and they drove him back. That's what it was. I mean, honestly, that's what it was with Cleveland. And they were. You're right. They were running a ton of stunts, and like that that last sack in overtime, right? That was a simple loop stunt, and Gilliard just flat Gilliard just flat out missed it. Right? I mean, he just flat out missed yeah, he, it. I completely mean, there's whiffed. a lot of times. There's a lot of times I just you see us get hit at the line of scrimmage or something. You look up, and you just see Gilliard looking around with no one in front of him. And a loop stunt is nothing revolutionary, guys. It happens in every game. Bama does it game in game out. That's what they do up front. And in that situation, how can you not, especially late in the game, they've been doing it all game long. How can you not be prepared for that? How can you not and, and did not even get a hand on the guy? Did not yeah, even get I a hand he on. Did him. A very poor job. I mean, we 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 couldn't run the football, and, and I know Sony had almost hundred yards rushing. But let's be when when they knew we were going to run the football in obvious rushing downs, we could not run the football. Sony's you know his biggest runs came when it was those third down plays we were running draws on third down that big one around the edge where he tiptoed the sidelines got another one another 15, 17 yard gain or so on the third down play. So when when it was first second down and and they they knew our tendencies were trying to run the football we didn't have any sort of consistent success and that's because we got whipped up front we flat out got whipped up front and there's no getting around that their defensive line which is superior to our offensive line and our offensive line has been significantly improved all season long they've been a strength all season long offensively wouldn't you say um for the most part yeah. but, you know we've always said that I mean you saw the first time we played Auburn and we still have a ways to go yeah we, you're right so the two elite are two, I would say the most elite defensive fronts that we faced this year, Auburn, Alabama, two out of three times we got our butts whipped up front. We did. Now the second time around in the SC title game against Auburn, we played much better. Uh, but the first time around, it was it was no contest. And against Alabama, it was no contest. And I know people want to rip Jim Chaney for that game. And I'm curious to get your take, Curtis, on, on his play calling of that game. How did, how would you assess Jim, K, Jim Chaney's uh, the game that he called? I mean, he put guys in positions to make plays. Um, even on that final drive at, towards the end of the game where we're trying to keep the ball away from him, Swift was wide open. Uh, Fromm yeah. just threw it over his head. It was a, um, it was a poor throw by Jay Fromm. It was. Yeah, that, that, play, that, that was a play to be made. Just, um, you know, the offensive line struggled at the same time. We just didn't make plays when they were there to be made. Um, there was another time, I can't remember if it was in the first second half, where Fromm missed a wide open guy on third down. Yeah, there are a couple um, guys, and then all the drops. I mean, I, I counted at least minimum five drops. Minimum five drops. Yeah, Wims had what, at least two. I know that. I think I, I counted three from him. At least three from him. So th- there were multiple drops, and and it, it that happens from time to time. But I, for me, it really there were some remarkable similarities to what we witnessed all of last year with this game, right? Where the offensive line is overwhelmed. And people were ripping Jim Cheney last year. All of a sudden, this year, fast forward, Alvin Devine plays much better for the most part, and he's all of a sudden a miracle worker, right? Well, he's, he's not a different coordinator. He didn't call any different plays. The problem was, last year, we couldn't block anybody. If you can't block anybody, you can't run. If you can't block anybody, you can't throw the football. You can't call a game. And that, to me, is exactly what happened, especially in the second half against Alabama in this title game. We well, simply couldn't block him. What, what is he supposed to call? Everything he was calling. I mean, he well, we made plays. That was we were tearing apart their defense when we were actually out there making plays. Like Riley Ridley on second, third yeah. downs, he was making plays. I mean, we were moving the ball on them. It's not like he was. When calling we protected from, we were moving the football. 
He was making yeah. plays down the field. Well, well, like, I mean, we gave up. That was the longest touchdown now. Throw, uh, pass touchdown Alabama's given up, and I don't can't remember how many years it has said. Yeah, and even that throw, I, I think he had to hurry that throw. If you watch that play, I think he would have waited another uh, another second or two. He had to hurry that throw, and I'm and I don't think he got full had to fully step into the ball. But fortunately, we got it there, and it, it was a beautiful throw, beautiful catch, beautiful play. Uh, but there were multiple times where we had guys running open down the field, and Fromm just simply did not have time in the pocket. This is the very first play of the game. Yep, the very first play of the game. And, and to me, there's no. I know people had an issue with us coming out throwing the football uh, consistently. You know, the first what four or five plays in the game. I yeah, truly we were, the, the guys were open. And we were the guys were open. I mean, that that first interception that that's the same throw that Fromm's making to Wims all season long, and Wims has been making those plays. Yeah. Loosen it up to do like a second and it just the play did late. But to me, it all didn't protect Fromm on the front. Guy. This is just us. Defense yet. Who really lost the game? Yeah, I mean, in the second half, you know, what we scored seven points in the second half, and then I guess three points in overtime. But we couldn't consistently move the football, and I tr- and I and I've come back to it. We could not move the ball because we could not block them. That's why I said, even though they missed the field goal uh, and sent it into overtime, I tweeted out, and, I, and I'll stand by it. And people were upset because I tweeted out, that, "Hey, you should be believing." It. Yeah, I get it, but to me, it's like I'll take the missed field goal. But how are we going to move the ball in overtime against this defensive front? They, they, they've been whipping us up front all game Especially long. The, Why is that going to change? We tried to go, which uh, now it's coming out that Sony was his hip was starting to act up. Well, right. Sony was the only one that could at least get some yards on them. Chubb was not going to help us move the ball. It was a Nick Chubb is not the kind of player that's going to that's going to beat the Alabama front. It's the same thing that's happened to him the last two years, and we've said it. I mean, especially when you need tough yards, Sony's the guy to get it. You've got to have a – and Sony was no hesitation. N- Nick – and I know people don't want, to, want me to say this, and I love Nick Chubb, but he has a tendency to dance sometimes in the hole. Sony well, does not do that. Me, what killed me with Chubb, though, was he, he kept trying to bounce stuff outside or make people miss. That's never been who he is. And, and against Alabama, you can't do that. They're too fast. You, you've got to go straight ahead and get what you can get. And yeah, Sony like was doing that. Yeah, Nick was losing yards trying to out, you know, dance and do stuff. In the, uh, that's not uh, his game. That's never been him. Yeah, when, is, when have you ever done that, Nick, and why are you doing it now? It, Usually you try to run through those arm tackles because you're bigger. Just It, it was a Sony-type game. The guy, you know, We all know we've talked about ad nauseum. The teams that have given Bama trouble, teams that spread it out and get you guys in space. Sony's a better space player, head and shoulders above than Nick is. That's just not Nick's game. Uh, and I don't think we – when we did utilize Sony, he was clearly by far not even close. No contest, our most effective back. Uh, I did have a problem. You know, you're know, you right. They're coming out now saying – and it was, I don't know how true it is, but his hip was flaring up on him, right? That's what they're saying about Sony. Uh, but in the game, I was apple- I was like, is he hurt? Is he hurt? Is he hurt? Just screaming out loud to, to no one in particular. Is he hurt? Where is he? Why is he not in? I that you hear it because he only played, what, one snap in the last 13 minutes? Yeah. He had the first couple snaps of the first or the fourth quarter, and then really nothing after that. Yeah, and it's and he was clearly our most effective offensive weapon. Him and Riley Ridley in that game, and to him not him not being in there clearly set us back in the second half. We could not do anything. Chubb was not effective. It's not wasn't the kind of defense that he was that he's been effective against in his career. Just it's not the kind it's not the kind of defense that you can try to pound the ball down their throat. No one can do that. No one's been able to do that in a, in a decade against Nick Saban's. Alabama teams so we weren't going to be able to anytime we lined up in those kind of heavy sets or even under center in the I formation I'm just sitting there shaking my head I'm exasperated why why are we even attempting this it's not going to work and it didn't when we ran the ball with effectiveness it was when we're out of gun and we're and we're trying to get guys in space and we just I don't know so that's if I had one criticism of the coaching staff 
It was personnel usage there. And 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 now that we're kind of hearing some words coming out that, that Sony might have been dinged up, it makes a little bit more sense. And I, I kind of walk some of those things back. But before we knew that, that was my criticism of the coaching staff was simply that they just didn't use the personnel in the proper way. Um, that That was my assessment there. Now let's get on the defensive side. Another personnel issue. Uh, obviously, they were attacking Malcolm Parrish in the second half, right? With Tua Tungavailoa in there, they were attacking Malcolm Parrish. He wasn't the only guy they completed balls against, but they were they were targeting him. There's no doubt about it. Do you have any issue with the coaches leaving him in in that game? Because uh, we no, this is a guy that we've been that we've been all over all season long. He's been he's been like kind of a standout on our uh, shots fired segment all year long. So do you have? I mean. I mean he, he, it's sad, but he's like the little kid that doesn't get, that gets picked last on the recreational sports field. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if they just didn't feel like there was something going on with McGee. I just don't know. But I mean, it, it comes down to the fact in the second half they were four or five when they targeted against Paris for eighty yards, and even then, I think it's in the first half there was another touchdown. I mean, Riley really goes right by him, but Hurts overthrows him. I mean, he yeah. hey, he was wide open. He was wide open. It was a walking and not touchdown. only that, but I mean, the thing is, you've made this argument forever that he he's a sure tackler. That's the one thing he could do. He didn't do any of that. He didn't. I mean, he, he didn't. He couldn't jam people. He couldn't tackle people. I mean, he did. It, I'm sad, sorry to say it, but he, he didn't even belong on that field. Yeah, at, he that was point, too... at that point, you're sitting there thinking, "How does this kid even at the University of Georgia?" I know, I he, he, I know, and I hate because he's a, but he's done everything right since he's been uh, at the University of Georgia. He's done everything right. He's been a great leader. He's been a great teammate. But he just, he's not a championship level. He was never a no, championship he, he level quarterback. His, he hurt his team more than he helped us on the field. I think that's true, and it, it pains me to say that because I don't, I take no pleasure in. And saying things like that about guys that that are good guys like that and great teammates, it, it it gives me no pleasure. But he's just he never performed at a championship caliber on the field. He just never did. And I think there's two ways to look at it. You can either say a uh, the the coaches kept him out there because they felt they truly felt he was our best option. They see everybody else at practice get day in and day out, and they felt that he was our best option, so they stuck with him. Or you can say b well if you have if even if you think he's your best option, clearly he's not performing. Why don't you at least try someone else to see what they can do? Do you have an issue with the coaches sticking with him? Given that apparently they thought he was clearly our best option to go with in this game, I just have, I just question why they didn't play McGee, but I also want to point out that it wasn't just him that played terrible. Oh, clearly not. Um, you know, I had to take a real big obsession with Dom. The last two weeks <laughs> or last two games, he played really poorly. He played he played like a freshman, not a senior. It's a four year like, starter. It's a four year starter. Yeah, I mean he. he yeah, fifty-three. This is his Four fifty-third start, and he's at back there multiple times. The last two games with his eyes in the backfield, and he's I a, mean, uh, you, get, you get you get you get you get you know pretty much punked by a freshman quarterback to lead you to the middle of the field to a tight end they never throw to to a tight end they never throw to. There's already two guys covering him, and a tight end they never throw to. And and you know your responsibility, and you don't go there. And then not even then on that fourth down where they touch, they score. He just stopped. Run, he stopped chasing the guy. Just pulled up. Just pulled up for no for no apparent reason. He was clearly in man coverage, and for no, I just just I I can't I can't even explain it. I can't. Here's my thing. And, and then he also killed us. He's not, he's a terrible tackler. He's been that way forever. I, it, he just has. And again, it's another guy like 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 Malcolm Parrish that I take no pleasure in criticizing because he's another guy, a four year starter, never been in trouble, never been a cancer to this team, been a great leader from day one, been a hard worker, the kind of team that you want to have, the kind of guy you want on your team. So I, I, I give him so much credit for that. But in terms of his play on the field, again, not championship caliber. One thing I, the one thing I hate to say, I really do hate to say is, you know, everyone talks about the leadership on this team. 
when it really came down to it, our leaders are the ones that let us down in the biggest moments. Um, the mm-hmm. Auburn game, I mean, multiple times, Lorenzo and Davin, especially Davin, toward, especially towards the end of the season, was not holding the edge, was allowing people to get the edge and running all over us. Uh, Parrish getting beat, Auburn game. And you can pick any game he played and he got beat. You know, about Sanders not making the plays, not making tackles, not even being physical when we played Auburn. And, and that's the thing I hate to say is, you know, they, they may have been leaders off the field, but when we needed them the most, other than when Lorenzo made that, you know, Davin and Lorenzo made those plays, I'll give him credit for that. But especially in the defensive backfield, when we needed this upper class the most, they weren't there for us. I think that's very fair on the field. I will say, though, without those guys, I don't know if we get to this point without them. Well, yeah, but I also, and, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know if we win the Oklahoma missed, game without those guys. Well, yeah, leadership. but there is this one misnomer that everyone says that they came back because they love the University of Georgia. No, that's win. not. That, I mean, maybe that's a small part of it, perhaps, but come on. Let's be real. These kids came back because their draft grade was not good. They wanted to upgrade their draft grade. There's I no mean, doubt. you saw Sony. Sony, in my opinion, will probably be a second round pick. The way he came out, especially at the end of the season with all the exposure he got. He'll be a high, I, mean, I, I can almost guarantee he'll be a higher pick than Nick Chubb. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, you know. I mean, these guys, they, I'm glad they came back and they did, you know, they probably instilled a lot in the young guys because we were really young. But they did not come back for the University of Georgia, they came back for themselves. I think I maybe there's a small part in their minds like, hey, yeah, it'd be great to also come back. But you're right. If they get if they get first-round draft grades, they're gone. If Nick and Sonny had second and third-round grades last year, they're gone. They're gone. I, I, I tend to agree with you on that one. Uh, I'm I, mean, one I more am thing. thankful, though, because I think the biggest thing is going forward, the young guys like Richard LeCount, Amir Speed, and them, I think this – that this is where you actually see it better off for them. Let me ask you this. Now that you bring up Richard Clinton, that was me my next point. I'm going to say one more thing about Dominic Sanders. You know, would you would you say that Richard LeCount is a more talented safety than Dominic Sanders, talent-wise? No question. No question, right? But the reason Dominic Sanders has been playing is because he's a senior leader. He's got experience. He understands defense. He doesn't blow assignments, right? Because Basically because our coaches don't trust uh, Richard back there at this point, right? Not consistently. But yeah, but, but yet you see Dominic Sanders in that situation blow that coverage to end the game to end the game because that was that was a, that was a cover two is essentially what it was he was supposed to be playing over the top uh he, it, it, if he here's the thing it, I can't I can't even say this I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna just pass out here saying this but if he's doing his job and playing over the top of that of that outside play that's an easy pick that's an easy pick he picks that ball if he's simply doing his job right. It's, yeah, no, he like, picks the ball. He he picks the ball. If he had just jammed the guy off the line like he's supposed to, yeah, it, it, it was it was a failure on both parts. Parrish should not get a hand on him, uh, and and maybe he was supposed to. I don't know, but chances are in that situation with cover two, you're, you're supposed to you're supposed to jam, get a hand on, redirect him a little bit there to give the safety a, 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 a even, split second to get over the top. Bottom line, neither one did their job. So Sanders, you're right, he got punked. There was two guys already covering a, line, a, a tight end. They never throw the ball to. They weren't going to throw it there. And his he completely abdicated his responsibility to cover the outside man there uh, and to get over the top, and they just blew it. And it, it, it just it's so oh my god, I cannot describe how frustrating. It's so maddeningly frustrating to lose the game on a blown coverage by two seniors, one a four year starter, one essentially a three year starter, and one. And I think Parrish was playing the right coverage, but he just didn't jam him. You're right, but seniors. And so, and those guys are supposed to be out there because they understand the defense. Because they don't make those kind of mistakes, they don't blow coverage, they don't give up big plays. And on was it second and twenty-seven on the forty-one yard line when we've got you the know they can't kick, so they can't kick the ball. Their, their kicker is he, he his head's spinning. It's a mess right now. The guy's a mess. 
we have a huge sack on first down. Two attacker Vola makes the, a horrible freshman mistake and keeps running backwards. We've got the game. You need two. You need a couple stops. You need a couple stops, and you have two seniors that bloat like that. So why not have the more talented freshman in there at that point? If your seniors are going to bloat like that, and they're supposed to be there because they won't blow it, why yeah, not I have the more talented guys in there? We expected them not to blow it. I know, and that's the thing. And and, and it's hard to criticize a coach because like, what are you supposed to do? I mean, you, they see the guys in practice all game, all all week long, and the, the, I guess the seniors do it right in practice, and the, and the freshmen aren't. But you got to the game, and man. It's just, I, it's, it's so mind numbing that that happened. It's just, oh man, just uh, unbelievable, unfreaking believable. But yeah, and the defense was worn out in the second half as a whole, wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah, because we couldn't, we couldn't get consistent. Killing me is we, we were just, we just weren't making plays as simple as that. I mean, you have Reggie Carter in there, can't get off a block, can't make a tackle. God, jeez, and it's another guy I don't want to criticize too much because. A good dude, never got in trouble. But, oh, man. I mean, I, and they trust Patrick, dude. Are you kidding me putting us in that situation? D-line. The D-line and Roquan played well. The D, I mean, we, we held, outside of that one drive when they brought uh, uh, Najee Harrison with fresh legs when our defense was worn out, that was the one drive they ran the ball well on us. Other than that, they didn't run the ball well on us. We, we played, we, the defense, our defensive line played really well. Now, I will say the one thing is we didn't get as much pressure on their quarterback as they got on ours. And I, I think that might ultimately have been the difference. And there were a couple of times where we did get pressure on him, but not consistently enough. Especially when, when Tonga Vailo, uh there's a few times we had a little bit of pressure on him, but not nearly enough. He had too much time to sit back there. We didn't affect him enough to win this football. Uh, you know, I mean, think about that that fourth down, down there on the goal line, where you said where Dominic Sanders pulls up, right? You know, if we get if we get the interception before that, and God, if you're just so close getting the interception, man, just be one of those. It went, give Saban credit. He was aggressive, uh, went for that fourth. And I, I, I think it was the right call because if they were a touchdown to win, and we had it, man. If we get a stop there, we win the game. We win the game. There were so many opportunities. We get a stop there. You don't give it a touchdown to overtime. I mean, man, just uh, we had opportunities despite all the, the, the horrible officiating. We still had opportunities. Despite not being able to move the ball much in the second half outside of the long touchdown pass, still had opportunities. Just um, we let it slip, man. And uh, it's I'm, I'm never going to get over this. I, I'm really not. I, I, I'm trying to foresee the future. I know time is supposed to heal all wounds. I'm not sure this one's going to get healed. This is always – I mean, I've got a lot of – The only of, way this gets healed is if we come back and win one. If we win one, I, I'm, I'm still – and I thought about that myself. If we, I'll, feel, I'll say this. If we win one, I will feel a lot better. It won't hurt as much. But I will never give up, get over giving this one up. This should have been a national championship for the University of Georgia. And you just don't get a ton of opportunities to get those. And, you know, one thing that gets me the most is how quickly everyone is to blame the coaches when the players oh are the ones that didn't make the plays. I've been defending it. And you can call me a coach defender if you want. I just, you know, all, all the, the the killing of the coaches, there's, uh, and I respect everyone's opinion. I really do. I, I can disagree with you, but I respect you. There's a couple guys on Twitter, one in, that was saying, you know, and, and don't mean to call anyone out here, but just, I'm not going to say my name, but just uh, said that, that, that Kirby owed us an apology because he embarrassed the university. <laughs> and let it. I mean, I guess that guy would. I guess that person would would rather Mark Rick be the coach and us have a very uninspiring nine and three. I, I just I don't how embarrass the university. This is a guy that filled that took a, a roster full of holes, filled all those holes in one year, and in year two gets us to the national championship a game way ahead of schedule. Get us. He he took the greatest coach. In the history of college football, to overtime in the national championship game with, a, in my opinion, a clearly inferior roster. Now, yeah, it was, it, it let's wasn't, be real. I mean, you could see it. I mean, let's be real. 
there was clearly deficiencies all across the field that we were able to mask. Yeah, and I'm curious to get your opinion because I've been arguing this point, and people, and there's a couple guys on Twitter that've been on me about this. I I said after the game that Bama was the better team. Doesn't mean we couldn't have beat them. I said this before the game. They were the more talented team, and they were better than us. We still had chances to win, even though they were better than us, because we played really well in the first half, and they didn't play that great in the first half. But I still would say Bama is was the better team. Would you disagree with me? There's no question. I mean, do you think they that a person like Malcolm Paris would even be on their two deep? Six straight number one recruiting classes. We have That's good players. Don't get me wrong. We have good players, and we might be better than that. They don't have a linebacker as good as Roquan Smith. But for the most part, our twenty-two, our twenty-two is pretty close to their twenty-two. But it's the people after that. Our twenty-two is close. They're they're good. It's not the size. Me say, how can you say they're better? Like, how, to me, wide receiver. I mean, it's, look at their wide receivers compared to ours. Yeah, I, just, I mean, make uh, they're. I mean. It's just up and down, the up and down. I mean, look, they bring in out another five-star freshman as soon as their left start, their best left tackle goes. Yeah, out. and to, to me, honestly, it's a testament to how good our coaching staff is. Just based on the fact that we had a chance to win this game in overtime, to push this team to overtime when there's a clear talent edge on the Alabama side. Now, the gulf is not as big as it once was. We've we certainly closed the gap. What right? We've closed the gap, but there's still a gap. There's still a gap, and the fact that we pushed this team to overtime. With the best head coach in the history of college football, with the gap still being there talent-wise, to me, that's a testament to how good our coaches are, right? Yeah. I, that's just, I mean, and, and you can disagree with me, guys. You're, you're welcome to. Yeah, I just, that's just how I see it. We have people like Jackson Harris out there who couldn't block anyone. Oh, my God. And we miss Charlie Warner. I really believe we miss Charlie Warner. That's an underrated Jackson thing Harris I want to talk about. He was just too slow getting to blocks. It's just what, and that's another example. Like, just some there's a couple guys we have out there that aren't championship caliber. Bama has championship caliber players at essentially every position. Let's just be real; they have very few deficiencies. The quarterback was a deficiency throwing the football. Saban realized that and fixed it because he knew that that what we've been saying all along. The reason he went to Tungavailoa is because what you and I have been saying all along are if there's our defense is really good, but our secondary is not championship caliber they were never really challenged by anyone this year outside of missouri and oklahoma and they they got torched a couple of times in both those games and then held their own a couple of times they're, they're they were good enough but not an elite secondary and they knew that if there was anywhere we were vulnerable in on our defense was in the secondary and they did and their quarterback hurts could not challenge us there but tonga vailoa could and they went with him, and it wasn't always beautiful for them. It was rocky at times, but he made enough plays, and our secondary gave up enough plays for them to win the football game. So I, I just think, honestly, I'm not sure how someone can look at both those rosters and both those teams and come with, come out with any other conclusion that Bama is just a more talented and better team. Doesn't mean they can't lose, to, that we couldn't beat them. We still could have beaten them. We had a chance. I mean, we probably should have beaten them. But I think the fact that we were that close to being them just shows you how good our coaching staff is. Doesn't mean our coaching staff is perfect. I was upset about the Sony situation. I was upset about Parrish being out there. I mean, just there's, there were some frustrating things. And Cheney didn't call a perfect game. There were some questionable calls here and there. I, under, I don't I honestly don't understand why we went uh, under center and tried to pound the ball at, at, at all. Period. I don't know why. And I, I would have preferred probably going up tempo the entire game. But those are small things. And again, I, I honestly believe Jim Cheney tried about everything. He we ran up the gut right. That didn't work. We tried the perimeter like we did against Auburn in the championship game, right? Did that work? No, because they were they were too they were fast enough to get out there and stop us, and we couldn't block on the perimeter. Which is our wide receivers have been really good all season blocking on the perimeter, and we didn't do a great job this time around. Uh, we tried we tried quick quick passes. We tried our, the RPO game. The RPO game worked from time to time, but it wasn't consistent. 
Uh, we tried to take shots down the field, but the bottom line is we could not protect from no matter what it was. Even on, on short three-step drops, we could not protect him in the second half. So what, as an offensive coordinator, are you supposed to do? Again, it goes back to last year. Very similar situation. What was Jim Chain supposed to do last year with offensive line that couldn't block anybody? What was Jim Chain supposed to do with offensive line that couldn't block anybody in the championship game? Or at least not in any consistent way. I'm not saying there, were, there, weren't t- there were times they blocked fine, but not even close consistently. So I just, I don't know what he's supposed to do there. I don't. But, uh, and then I guess to kind of wrap it up here, because I, I don't know how much more I can, t- I can take of this. I can't talk about it too much longer here. But um, I guess a lot of people are taking solace in the fact that obviously we put up a, we put up a heck of a game, heck of a fight there, and uh, we're really close to winning this football game. And a lot of people are saying it's just a matter of time until we, we get one ourselves, and we're, 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 we're not going anywhere. Kirby said after his game, and I tweeted this out myself, you know, we're not going to go anywhere. Kirby said after the game, we're not going anywhere, and he was emotional after the game. Do you buy that, Curtis? Are you on board that? I am because what we've been talking about is we've had we have deficiencies on this roster. That is getting corrected. Every position we have a deficiency at, you can look at our recruiting classes and see how Kirby focuses on that. Right now, our defensive backs have been killing us. What has Kirby been trying to do, especially this year and even last year and even this year, going after DBs? I mean, you signed the Dab Joseph. Right now, you're going after Isaac Taylor Stewart. People look uh, good for Tyson, Tyson Campbell. Campbell. Right yeah, that's why he's doing that. That's why we have one that we probably have one of the best recruiters in the nation working as our head coach, and not only that, but the people under him. That's why I think we will be better. We'll be more solid all the way around. Now I know it is hard to get there, but I believe when you build a team like we are building, then it just comes to the fact that you're always in your you're always in a position to do that. You're not just hoping to get there. No, you're expecting to get there. I mean, just like next year. All right, we're losing some players on defense. All right, yeah, we go on a tough game week two of South Carolina, but I will. I you know what makes me feel good about a game like that is who we have at quarterback and offensive line a strong offensive line next year we're not losing to South Carolina next year we're no not. but that's what I'm saying I mean we're, we're it's not we're losing players yes but in my opinion it's the nature I of think, the beast but and I, and, and see and I, you know I we're replacing them with more talented players is that what you yeah, think yeah we're replacing them with more talented people and you know I read this and I uh, by someone before I think it's true you heard it from at Alabama forever. How are we going to replace Rolando McClain? How are you going to replace uh, Dante Hightower? All these people. All the left tackles they've had. All the left tackles, all the stud widers, Amari Cooper, yeah. um, all these people. Um, and Julio Jones, they always wonder how you replace them. Well, you go out there and you keep recruiting, and that's what Kirby's doing. You know, that's that's how you win, and that's how you put yourself in a position to do it. And I think we have the coaches that's going to do it. And our players may be young next year, but I know that they won't that they're going to give it their all. I mean, and, and that's the thing too, is I think this year alone has put a lot into our young guys and has them even more hungry this loss the way we lost. I do think there's something to take away from like the fact that you'll be hungry. Like Bama last year is very, you know, very well publicized story. They had the, the screenshots on their phones of the final score in the national championship game against Clemson. That kind of motivated them. I think we'll have something similar like that, that, that hunger that you're so close, kind of like Clemson, you know, losing Bama the first time around and coming back and winning it. Uh, last year, uh, there's something to that. Uh, so I guess you know there's two ways to look at. It. Are we going to be more like a team like Oregon, who in, in the first college football playoff gets the national championship game against Ohio State and loses and, and doesn't even sniff it and it's just falling the face of the earth and just no, lost to Boise State and lost Vegas like Bowl. Kirby, they didn't have a coach like Kirby Smart who won't allow. Right. So you would say we'd be, we'd be more like Clemson, who loses and then just keeps it as a motivating factor and just is hungry and just takes the next step, right? Well, yeah. See, I don't 
don't know how many people read that story about Kirby that, you know, the night or the day when we secured that top recruiting class, he, he was walking through the facility and coaches were on the phone with recruits and he started, he lost his crap and started yelling at them to get their asses in the meeting room to get the, 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 their team ready for the Rose Bowl. And that's just who he is. He doesn't allow anyone to get complacent. He demands them to get back to work. And, you know, that, and that, that's why I have a feeling that it's just a matter of when, not yeah. if. Yeah, I do. I, I do trust Kirby Smart. Uh, almost implicitly at this point, I, I think he'll. He, I don't know. If, I, I've said this before. And I'll say it again. I, there's another thing I was saying after after the game, and I've been saying it, it's not the first time I've said it. I had a people, a couple people take an issue, especially Bama fans. But let's just be real, guys. The team, the Georgia team that you saw out there in the national championship, in the national championship game on Monday night, will be the least talented Georgia football team in the next five to six years. There's there's zero question about that. Well, you, there's zero question, and not only that, you, you talk about people want to blame the coaches. I'll say too that you had the our young players. Use these as learning experiences, but so do the coaches. I mean, yeah. Kirby, since the first day he took that job, has learned on the fly. For and you're, as as long as you're an assistant coach, you're never ready truly to be a head coach, and you have to learn from everything. Yeah, there's that's that's a lot of truth in that. I just the only thing that that's that's in, not the only thing, but that's just adding to my depression here is yes, I do think we'll be much more talented in the future moving forward. I don't think there's a year over the next five oh, you're to six. Going to miss people like Chubb and Sony. Well, you just you're gonna okay the leadership we have in this team. Okay, I know it didn't always show up on the field, especially in, the, in these last two games. But it, to me, it's it was undoubtedly such a critical factor in getting us to this point, to getting us through the off season, and, and keeping this team focused. And I really like what Kirby has done, setting up the leadership council, and how he makes this, how he cultivates leadership in the in the team, and and wants to make this a, a team, a, a player led team as opposed to a coach led team. And I, and I trust him to have leaders in, in kind of in the hopper ready to go, kind of in the system. Guys like Jonathan Ledbetter. Uh, guys like Jake from, I, I trust him to have guys like that ready to go. Uh, but it, it's going to hurt to lose guys like Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle and uh, I guess I mean Lorenzo Carter to agree, uh, Roquan Smith, Isaiah Wynn. It's going to hurt to lose guys up, like one that. One thing I want to bring up though is we're naming all these guys, but these guys didn't show leadership skill right away. I it's, mean, it's something you develop, and then Kirby well, does a great job that, developing that. Not, not only that, but you know, we talk about Davin Bellamy being a leader. I mean, this time last mm-hmm. year, we were a lot of us were hoping he turned pro because he it was said that he was a cancer to the program that he mm-hmm. was not buying in. Yeah, and you know, and a lot of these young guys we're talking about, we're hoping they're be leaders. They have shown that they're leaders from a long time. I mean, you got Richard LeCount, who was the who was the centerpiece mm-hmm. of that recruiting class. I mean, this whole time, all they all these kids have done is show that. Who, what type of people, what type of yeah. character and leaders they You're are? Right, and I, I believe that can be the want. case. It's just I got to You just got to see it because you know the other guys. They they've been there and they've done that, and you just got to hope that it, it kind of comes out that way. And I think it probably will. I just but uh, and one more thing. It's just so hard. I know. I, I think we'll, we'll have chances to get to get this one at some, or to get another national championship at some point here in the near future. But it's it's just so hard to predict that. No matter how good you are, it's. It's so hard to get this point. So many things have injuries, bounces of the football. You get, there's so much luck involved. It's so difficult to get well, to this spot. People forget that as good as Saban's been in the year two, they lose to Florida and get blown out by uh, Utah. Uh, is it yeah, Utah? Utah, yeah. In the, in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, it doesn't happen right away. And, and actually, you know, Kirby, if you look at it that way, Kirby's ahead of where Saban was when he took over Alabama. At this time, he is. Yeah, in year two. So I don't, and it doesn't I mean, God it doesn't take away the pain because God we still should like I said even if we win one down the road I'm never gonna get over this one because this should be another one we had um man I just uh, 
don't know. I'm I'm more, I I'm more upset much, about his as time much passes. As it hurts, I think it it gives our players. I think it humbles them. It has makes them more hungry, especially how young we were. I think that the way they lost that all these young guys, the years Isaiah Wilson take on a leadership role. I have a feeling people like that who are gonna be hungry because they saw yeah. what how close they were. In, I agree. Everything. It just sucks for for me and us as fans because yeah, we've we've lost bowl games before, but when you lose a game of this magnitude and you're so close to being at the pinnacle of the sport, and now you've got to go what nine, ten months. Yeah, but <laughs> what, here's I the mean, thing: we, we still have Christ. more seasons to watch. You yeah, it's just hard. I just wish they could hurry up and get there. I want to hibernate right now. The people that will never get to put the uniform on. That we have these young guys who have the chance next year after more likely to win a championship. But for the old, for yeah. the other people, they actually don't have that. Opportunity. I just literally cannot wait to get this taste in my mouth and the, just the the prospect of having to wait nine months. The one thing that makes you excited is, is our this next year. I mean. Other than uh, LSU, we don't have a game that scares me on the schedule. That's an away game like this year. You have at to go Mizzou, to Auburn, tricky. To Notre Dame. At Mizzou will be tricky. It'll be tricky, but it doesn't scare me like I'm not it does. Scared, like but it's, it's, it's where we have tricky. to go to Notre Dame with freshmen. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even I'm, Baton Rouge doesn't scare me. Screw that. We're gonna be, we're better than that team. What about saying other? Yeah, no, I, I get it. Though. That's a tough spot to play. Rough. Yeah, that's that's the only tough place yeah. to play that we go to. I mean, in Missouri, they can't even get people into their stadium. I like it. I love going to Missouri. It's awesome. It's my favorite non. It's my favorite non Athens SEC town. Love it. Can't wait for it. All right, guys. Uh, I can't talk about any more Kirk and you. I'm done. I, I this is. I'm exhausted. It's just. I'm, my brain is fried. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for us today on the show, guys. Check back with us next week. We'll be looking forward to the future here. We'll also finally be getting into some college basketball talk. I know uh, the season's been going on for a while, but we'll get there. Been holding off for the season to be over. But uh, for Curtis, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening, guys. Check us out on Twitter. Um, Great review the show on your preferred platform. And as always, guys, no matter what, go dogs. <laughs>